0: Welcome to another edition of the sports rotation. As always, I'm your host Jay Butler. And if you're listening, I appreciate you uh tuning in through Stitcher.com, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or iTunes. You can also hit me up on my Twitter line, which is at J Butler 08099392. That's at J Butler 08099392. Whoa, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, NBA. Thank you. Thank you for giving us something to talk about heading up to the Super Bowl other than Tom Brady um, sticking up for his children because his children are a bunch of spoiled, what did they call them? (laughs) No, I'm not going to repeat what they called them. But thank you. Thank you for giving us some more stories to tune into. Thank you for giving us something worthy of keeping our attention going in the sports world, other than this boring Patriots team and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are playing way above their heads without Carson Wentz. Thank you. No analysis. I don't need any analysis of the game. We've already pretty much gotten accustomed to the fact that Tom Brady, the Patriots, they're going to pull out a win, right? We're already expecting that. Even Philadelphia fans are already expecting the Patriots to, to take home another Super Bowl trophy. So I need something else to talk about because I can't really focus in on what's going on up to the Super Bowl. And this NBA season with my Chicago Bulls, whew, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I was impressed with how they were playing with Chris Dunn. And, you know, they they made a tremendous effort uh, to um, get a couple of wins in December. Not just a couple of wins. Excuse me. Uh, To bring an exciting brand of basketball back to Chicago. Um, Liked what I was seeing from the Young Bulls team. Loved Markinen who is up there as my uh, Rookie of the Year. I love Chris Dunn as the comeback player of the year. If you haven't noticed Chris Dunn, if you haven't checked out Chris Dunn before the concussion, before he decided to face plant himself, um, yeah, Chris Dunn was pretty much my comeback player of the year in the NBA. A lot of good things that were happening with the Chicago Bulls. You had Zach Levine who was coming back from injury. And that athleticism, if he can ever put it together... That athleticism with that shot, with his ability to break down defenders and get to the basket, is something that's going to be very impressive if he can just put it all together. And I know guys coming back from an ACL injury, it is rare. No, I won't even say that it's rare. It doesn't happen that a guy comes back 100% because you're talking about surgery. It's not like you're getting your appendix removed. ACL surgery... Um, MCL surgery, any type of surgery, really, that uh, you're, you're having on your knees, your ankles, your legs of any kind. You rarely do you ever see a guy coming back and lighting up the uh, league in their first year back from an ACL tear. It's very rare. In fact, you don't see it. So I, I can't even say that it's rare. It doesn't happen. But if he can ever put it together... If he can stay healthy, if, if, if. There's a lot of major ifs that are going on. But his ability to be a playmaker, to get other guys involved, to get to the basket, like I said, that shot, can be a very valuable piece for the Chicago Bulls moving forward. But that's not even what I wanted to really talk about. I really wanted to talk about this mega deal that went down between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Detroit Pistons, but before I even touch in on that, you know, my wife told me not to, to really touch the subject because she's like, it's it's gonna get a lot of um, kickback. But I gotta talk. I gotta tell you this anyway. I was watching, or I was <coughs> on Twitter, and there just happened to be this video highlight of a skateboarder who was skateboarding without any legs and even before I clicked on it to tune in to see uh, what this individual was capable of doing with the skateboard you know I I just found the story to be rather uplifting and to uh, really talk about how uh, a person can really just go through a traumatic experience but they can push forward. They can move forward. They have the strength to to carry on and to do great things. I'm not saying that skateboarding is a great thing, but the ability to skateboard without legs, in my mind, has to be pretty impressive. However, when I clicked on it, I came away as unimpressed. I mean, I was looking at this, and I, I'm not like putting the guy down, but like the guy was lower center, center of gravity. Um, controlling the skateboard with his hands, you know, it's very, very easy to remain, to, uh, keep your balance as you are controlling it with both hands. And, you know, it, it, it was touching, but I just came away a little bit let down, you know, because when I immediately thought about it, I thought that I was going to be seeing some just amazing feats. And they are pretty good. They're, they're pretty good feats. The tricks that he's able to pull off. But I wasn't overly impressed. It just, it, I don't know. I was expecting more. And I know I sound like a horrible human being for expecting more for a guy to be um, skateboarding with no legs. I'm terrible for that. But I expected more. I just expected more. Well, what does that have to do with this Blake Griffin trade? Well, when I think about Blake Griffin as an NBA player, I always came away throughout his career, his eight years in the league, just expecting a little bit more. I know he was a slam dunk uh, champion. I know that um, he was voted to the All-Star Game the first year back. Well, it was really his his rookie year but it was really his sophomore year Uh, but they counted it as his rookie year because he he got injured his knee and I'm looking at this guy's career and you're playing with arguably the best passing point guard in the league the past I want to say five six years maybe Chris Paul is going to find a way to get you the ball. And he's going to find you a way to get you the ball in rhythm. Yes, John Wall can break you down. He has the wheels to get up and down the court. Maybe one of the fastest guys in the NBA. And um, yeah, but, but Chris Paul is going to put it on the money. Right where you need to get it in rhythm so that you can make your shot. Playing with the likes of that guy, I just thought that Blake Griffin should have been a little bit more. And the 2014-2015 season, he was. He was incredible. The numbers that he was averaging were just phenomenal. I don't know how many guys have been in the NBA and in the playoffs average 25, 12 rebounds and six assists and one steal and a block per game. He was phenomenal in the playoffs. And I don't even think that they had Chris Paul healthy, totally healthy at least, in that particular year of the playoffs. I don't believe that Chris Paul was totally healthy. I have to go back and, and research that a little bit. But he was just, I i thought that he had turned a corner in his career. Because, you know, you saw the highlight dunks. You saw him in the slam dunk competition. He was jumping over the Kia. You saw all of the the finesse or I won't say finesse the flashy plays the power dunking you know just almost hitting his head on the rim his ability to well his athletic ability his leafing ability was just off the charts but I always came away just wanting a little bit more what was the guy's go-to move could he post players up could he develop an outside shot Could he consistently get other guys involved and be a facilitator in the offense? Could he get or become a better passer? Could he make guys better? Could he be the centerpiece of your organization? And I looked at that deal that uh, L.A. signed with him in the offseason. You're talking about them signing him up. For $171 million, and I don't care what anybody says, they signed him to trade him. LA didn't have any assets moving forward. Their first round draft picks were already tied up. They had already traded away a lot of guys so that they could put together the roster that they had of Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, J.J. Redick. A team that never lived up to uh, the hype that it really got. Coincidentally, all of those guys who kept uh, DeAndre Jordan are now gone, out of out of town. All of those guys who kept them locked away, out of the clutches of a um, uh, Mark Cuban. Man, Mark Cuban has to be glad that somebody somebody beat him or actually got DeAndre Jordan to change his mind. Because man, DeAndre Jordan has been nothing but uh, just a disappointment, just a, a plain disappointment. But back to to Gli- Blake Griffin. I always thought this is a guy who could just wreck the league if he developed a go-to shot, develop a, a post game, a consistent post game, and really developed an outside shot. Now he's slightly put together an outside sh- shot, but it doesn't extend to the three-point line and you really he doesn't have that range that you would need from a guy who's playing the power forward position. And he doesn't rebound all that well. He rebounded in the playoffs that one particular year, but he's not your best rebounder. He's not a great defender. Even with all that athletic ability, was never a great defender. Was never a guy who was going to be a rim protector. And I'm thinking of like what L.A., when they decided to sign him, I thought to myself, there is no way that Jerry West signed off on this trade. The trade doesn't, not trade, the signing the signing doesn't make any sense. Jerry West doesn't do signings like that. He doesn't put together a roster around a guy who's missed over 100 games in his last four years. Jerry West doesn't do that. Jerry West is the architect of the Lakers in in, in drafting Kobe Bryant. When I think about Jerry West, I think about the influence that he had over the Golden State Warriors, particularly in them not trading away Klay Thompson for Kevin Love. Who, by the way, uh, a lot of people in that organization wanted to make that move. But Jerry West talked them out of it. So when L.A. decided that they were going to build around Blake Griffin and they were just going to keep signing guys, Lou Williams, Gallinari, and you're gonna keep the guys that you have with DeAndre Jordan. I never thought it—it it just never made any sense that they would put together pieces to try to um, match up or match up with the skill level of a guy who's missed as many games as Blake Griffin has missed in his career. Injury prone. You can you could you could definitely put in your calendar that Blake Griffin was not likely going to play an entire NBA season fully healthy. Just not going to happen. Hasn't happened in I don't know how long. I think since he's been in the league, he's only played an 82-game schedule once. Not all 82 games, but just finished out the season healthy once. It never made any sense. And it makes perfect sense now when you think about what the Los Angeles Clippers were able to get uh, in regards to trading Blake Griffin. They got Tobias Harris, solid NBA wing player, only 25, having career averaging averages of 18 um, points per game, shooting 41% from downtown, Avery Bradley, solid defender, more importantly, they got a first and a second round draft pick. First and a second round draft pick. Lottery protected as long as it's one through four. That's a quite, quite a big haul. And you know that with the way things are going in Detroit, Detroit's not going to sit idly by and try to bottom out with Blake Griffin. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to go for it. So you're you're looking at, um, what, a first-round draft pick that's going to be somewhere probably in the, I want to say, 15 through 20 range. 15 through 20 range. That's a great deal for the Clippers. Great way to bottom out. And it it was great that Jerry West and company, because I'm sure some other guys in the organization had a Balmer's ear, Um, Because this is uh, totally against what Steve Ballmer would do. Steve Ballmer is the kind of guy who goes all in. You saw with uh, the rivalry, which wasn't much of a rivalry that was going on between um, the Clippers and with um, the Golden State Warriors. How they really couldn't get over the hump and even trying to get in any, uh, any way towards... Um, having a team with the ability that the Golden State Warriors had. But yeah, Ballmer definitely had to be talked into this, and I'm glad Jerry West actually talked him into it. Now, on the flip side, I'm looking at Detroit, and what are they getting? Well, they're getting a superstar. And I really shouldn't say a superstar because on merit alone, he's not a superstar, Superstars get their teams deep in the playoffs. I say that he's a superstar because he's very widely known. You can't just call him an all-star. An all-star would be like a Paul George. A Carmelo Anthony four years ago. Blake Griffin is a superstar in the sense of you, you constantly see him on commercials. He's very well known. He's built up his brand. That's the only way I say that he's a superstar. When you couple that with what what he's able to do on the basketball court, in that way it makes him a superstar. Because with the Detroit Pistons moving into that new arena downtown, they needed a face to be able to sell to their fans. That's the bottom line. This was a makeover, a facelift for the Detroit Pistons organization. I don't care what anybody says. This doesn't have anything to do with them thinking that Blake Griffin is a centerpiece and you can definitely build around Blake Griffin. They needed to go all in to get up attendance for their games. Because there's no way you could tell me that Blake Griffin, who doesn't have an outside shot, paired with Drummond, Andre Drummond, who doesn't shoot free throws at very very well, and who also doesn't have a go-to post move, and who also can't make an outside shot, there's no way that you could tell me that this is their thinking going ahead, that we're gonna build around those two guys. Not in today's NBA world, it doesn't make any sense. But they needed a face to sell people. That's the only reason why this trade makes any kind of sense. But for LA to be able to trade away what was it? He was going to make 30, $30 million this year, Thirty two over the next four years of that deal? Good grief. Good grief. Good God. As my grandfather would say, good God. But yeah, they, they signed off on this, this um, giving Blake Griffin that money. Not because they were interested in building around them. They they signed off on it so that he could be an asset moving forward. Because all around, all this time, they had everybody fooled. And they were thinking, we need to trade this guy. Kudos to you, Jerry West. Kudos to you. And really looking forward, you really can't say that these are the last moves that are going to be uh, being made. Uh, You still have Lou Williams. You still are playing at a high caliber. You still have uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's still a a very good rim protector. I want to see if L.A. is able to sucker a draft pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they able to get that New, uh, Brooklyn Nets draft pick, and Cleveland really has to be willing to move very fast. The reason why I say that is because deadlines coming up, the Nets aren't getting any worse. They're going to get better as the year goes on, so they got to make a move. So, well, LA is in a very good position here. I don't know if they're in a good position of uh, trying to recruit LeBron James. I definitely know that you're not. You don't really have a stake in recruiting LeBron James. Maybe you could get Paul George to come back and play in that arena, same arena that the Lakers play in. So that's not that big of a deal. Maybe. Maybe they're gearing up to um, to uh, sign a whole bunch of uh, you know free agents to build up their team. And have all of these draft picks. Maybe that's what they're, they're saying that they can probably try to sell. I don't really see Paul George going anywhere with Oklahoma City doing as well as they've been doing. Oklahoma City needs to make another move for a wing defender. Sad to say what went on with Andre Robertson and his ruptured um, Achilles. That really hurts them. But you're talking about a team that's won seven of their last eight games against some very notable teams. So I don't really see if if OKC goes deep in the playoffs. I don't see Paul George going anywhere. I really don't see them going anywhere. But they're able to re—I mean, this rebuild—it's—it's it's phenomenal job with with the uh, pieces that LA was able to get. Just a phenomenal job, and to be able to get out from underneath that um, contract of Blake Griffin to not have to pay out all that money. I thought it was one of the the um, one of those another one of those shack deals where you just thought there's no possible way that this contract is ever going to be moved. I thought that it was going to be on that level or be on a Rudy Gay level, where you don't see a guy who's making well over more than what they should be making, what their value is to the team, to the organization. No way I thought they were going to be able to move Blake Griffin's contract. No way. So, to make a smart move like this, knowing that Detroit is in the situation that they're in, needing to be able to sell ticket holders, that they are trying to make the playoffs, that they're trying to go deep in the playoffs, to basically, you know, fool fans because fans don't exercise a whole lot of common sense. Fans, short for fanatic. But, yeah, I, I see how this works for the Clippers. I see how this kind of works for the uh, Detroit Pistons in a way. So, you know, I, I guess I got to give it to both sides for being able to accomplish something. But it, very puzzling that Blake Griffin was able to be moved. It makes you actually wonder... All of those different things coming out of L.A. about Blake Griffin being difficult to work with, about him not focusing on basketball, about him uh, not really acquiescing to the coaching and the coaching staff, it makes you wonder if a lot of those rumors coming out of L.A. were actually true. Was Blake Griffin's mind really focused on basketball, or was it focused more on being in commercials, possibly being in movies, building his brand, so to speak? Who knows? But it does make you wonder, um, is Blake Griffin going to go all in while he's in Detroit? He's going to be stuck there for the next five years. But thank you. I don't have to get into any senior bull talk. I don't have to break down uh, any potential draft picks that my team, Dallas Cowboys, might be making. I'm, I'm not really interested. Just, I, I just want them to get better. Zach needs to make them better. Play caller. Zeke needs to prove that he can, uh, not just, not stay healthy, but just keep his mind right. Stay away from the type of women that he's been known to be around. Stay out of trouble. But thank you. Thank you, NBA, for giving me something worthwhile to talk about. I want to thank you guys for being in the rotation with me. I thank you for listening through Stitcher.com, SoundCloud, which allows me to um, share my thoughts on this platform. Google Play Music, or iTunes. Um, I want to thank everybody for for tuning in, for uh, just um, giving me a shout-out on Twitter. Again, that's at jbutler08099392, at jbutler08099392. Keep the tweets coming. I appreciate a lot of the love. I appreciate the hate, as long as you're listening. I don't care. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being in the rotation. I'm out.